Hi, I'm Rebecca. I am a menopause coach, a nutritional therapist, and a qualified personal trainer. And this is the Menopreneur Podcast. I created this podcast to help educate and empower fabulous midlife women through their menopause and beyond so they can thrive on the other side. Studies have shown that women who knew what to expect during their menopause had a much better experience than those women who knew nothing. So let's get started with today's episode. Hi, and we are here for Monday Night Live. And tonight we are talking about intermittent fasting, specifically for menopausal women. So intermittent fasting i actually learned about this when i was doing my menopause certification and it cropped up a few times um so i did a little bit more research into it um and it has shown that it is particularly beneficial for women going through menopause and the reasons why become apparent as we go further on and i'm also going to apologize once again i'm croaky <clears throat> do have my cough sweep for when it gets really bad. Um, so as we've said before, the the way we metabolize our food and the way we store food changes as we go through menopause. So even if you were somebody who normally would be quite slim, found it easy to lose weight, that all changes as our hormone levels start to dip. And it's not just even about our estrogen and our progesterone and our testosterone it's actually also about other hormones as well it's about our thyroid hormones it's about our stress hormones cortisol all of those things can and 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 most importantly with regards to this insulin all have an effect at this time in our life and it almost becomes the normal diets don't really don't work when we go through menopause. We have to look at different ways that we can control our weight. And as I'll cover later on, it is a vicious cycle. So what is intermittent fasting? It's basically the process of feast and famine, of, of fasting for a period of time and then feasting. And we're from an evolution point of view we're made really to eat in that way and if you went back that was how we ate you know we didn't have food on tap like we do now um so intermittent fasting was something that we did and it's really helpful for many health benefits but what it does is fasting actually makes our cells work a bit harder so if we constantly have food what happens is that because our cells are our little factories what happens is is as with anything that's made there's always a waste product and what tends to happen is if we don't go into a fasting state that waste product sits in our cells and then makes it a bit harder for them to do their job when we fast, it forces us into, into a, a process called autophagy. And what that then makes our cells do is use up what it can find. It needs energy. Our cells never sleep. Our cells need energy in order to keep functioning. 
So it's a bit like, I suppose, you go to the fridge. Normally, there's eggs in there, but you never eat the eggs. But if you went to the fridge and the only thing in there was eggs, you'd eat eggs. So that's basically what our cells do. Our cells are then forced to use those products. And detox, it's a natural way that our body detoxes. So what that does, you know, and, and what you've got to remember is, is that we have a lot of cells. We have 30 trillion cells in our body and they're all working all the time. So the more efficiently that they can work, the better, the better for our health. So some of the benefits of intermittent fasting is that it lowers inflammation. And we've talked about this before. Inflammation is basically the the key component to most chronic illnesses. So reducing our inflammation. And also when we go into menopause, we go into a more inflamed state naturally because our hormones, as they decline, our hormones are natural inflammatories. So as they start to decline, we our inflammation levels naturally go up. So we want things that stop us going into that inflamed state. It also lowers our cholesterol, which means that that risk our, our risk of cardiovascular disease increases again as our specifically very our estrogen levels drop which is a very protective hormone from our cardiovascular system point of view so as that drops our, our risk of cardiovascular disease increases but intermittent fasting helps to keep our cholesterol levels low and our cholesterol levels naturally start to increase we have more energy because we're more efficient at the way that we're using. And again, this will come back down to insulin, which I'll cover shortly. But it means that our energy levels will increase. We'll have better skin because, again, because those cells are being able to function properly, it helps us produce more collagen. So more collagen, better skin. Weight management which is obviously one of the big ones as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, as menopause is concerned, because as I, we have this perfect storm that comes onto us as we go through perimenopause and menopause, where we have all these different things happening that basically make it really difficult for us to not put on weight and put on weight around our midriff, um, because we, that, we change that shape, that shape changes from us being pear-shaped to apple-shaped. Um, and that's the most dangerous place that we can put fat and hold abdominal fat is, is around our midriff. So from a weight loss point of view, this can be really helpful. And also it's really good at balancing hormones, particularly insulin. And insulin at this time is, you know, we, we can quite often become insulin resistant. So what intermittent fasting forces us to do, it forces our cells to make new cells and also it forces our cells to do some housekeeping and to detox. And if you combine intermittent fasting with good diet, then you're 10x, you're, if you are, if you do need to lose weight, you will 10x that if, you're, if you follow it in a really sensible way. So we're going to go to insulin resistance and intermittent fasting has really been proven to have major benefits on 
insulin resistant. And some studies have shown that intermittent fasting in human studies, because quite a lot of, of studies that are done are done on animals, particularly the rats. But it showed that intermittent fasting reduced levels of blood sugar by 6%. And on, you know, it, on fasting, so so in general, it did that. But if they, if they took fasting glucose levels, they actually reduced by as much as over 30%. So it shows that intermittent fasting can not only help people with diabetes, but it can also help to stop you getting diabetes. And it is a vicious cycle. It's a perfect storm that we're in, as I said before, at this time, because we have decreasing estrogen levels and sometimes estrogen dominance as uh, because our progesterone drops at a much more steady rate and our estrogen is, is much more erratic there are times when when that balance is really thrown out because you have the the lower progesterone but your estrogen level all of a sudden might be much higher so you have estrogen dominance and that again also leads to putting on weight around and storing weight around your midriff and that change from pear to apple. Our thyroid and our thyroid controls how we burn calories. And at this time, again, we also go through a time when our thyroid can be quite sluggish. So you've got estrogen dropping, you've got thyroid, your thyroid levels can be dropping as well. And also our cortisol levels are rising. And this naturally happens around about the age of 50. So again, this perfect storm of hormones really coming out of whack. And the problem with that is that that triggers blood sugar problems, and again, increased abdominal fat. And this increase in abdominal fat then leads to and has been linked to insulin resistance because we need insulin. So when we eat, we need insulin to be released in order to metabolize that food that we're eating. But the problem is, is you've, you've got this vicious cycle where you've got increased abdominal fat from these, from estrogen, from thyroid, from your cortisol happening, that's leading to insulin resistance. And then because you're insulin resistant, you're storing more fat. So it really is this vicious cycle. And the problem with this is that it can lead to increased risk of prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and a cardiovascular risk. So when you're when you fast, as I say, it's not just about one part of your endocrine system, it's about other key hormones as well. That and, and as you fast, it triggers these other things to happen. So insulin increases every time we eat. So if you're fasting and you're not releasing insulin, then what that does is it forces your body to find and to release that energy from somewhere else. So, so that then increases fat burning. You also have human growth hormone and that works when you fast that really revs this this release of this hgh hormone and what that does is that aids fat loss but it also aids muscle gain which is again what we want we want more muscle more muscle burns more fat than fat does basically it burns more calories than fat does 
And also you've got noradrenaline or norepinephrine. So if ever you've watched a hospital program where they go, give me 10 of epistat, that's epinephrine. Um, and that is basically adrenaline. So if you think about fight or flight, adrenaline is released because you need that fight or flight. Now, in order to do that, what it does is it releases that and that then causes, it sends a, a, a message to your nervous system into your fat cells to then, and that what it does is it causes those fat cells to break down because your body needs that energy really quick. So if, if you're fasting and you're releasing that and you're releasing energy from those fat cells, then you're going to burn more fat. So there are different types of intermittent fasting. Probably the most popular will be 5.2, which will be that you will eat normally as you do for five days and for two days you will fast and only eat 500 calories. I'm not sure how I could do that. Um, but that, that's quite good because that's really easy for people to fit into their lifestyle. Another one which I think is, again, an easy one is 16.8. So you fast for 16 hours. Most of that will be while you're asleep. And then you have an eight hour window and you eat during that eight hour window. So that's probably those two are probably the easiest ones to 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 start with. You can also do concurrent days so that you'll have one day where you you fast and one day where you don't. And again, that's a good way to ease into intermittent fasting. And then you have the, the last two, which is eight and 12 hours. So this is a bit more difficult because basically what you do is you would get up, you would have something to eat, and then you would fast for either eight or 12 hours. Then you'd have your dinner and then that would be it. So that's a really, really tough one. Um, and actually some people even even fast for 24 hours. Um, but that, that's for people that have been fasting for a long time. So I would say that, 16.8 or 5.2 is probably the best way to start because that's nice and easy. And remember, when you are eating, to make sure that you're not, that make sure that you're being sensible with what you're eating. Um, and also, there are things that you can eat that can help that are anti-inflammatory. So those nice omega three, so lots of oily fish. Um, you can take supplements like CBD oil because, again, we've spoken about that before. That's an anti-inflammatory. So those things can help. You could drink green tea. Um, and, again, when you are fasting, in the periods that you are fasting, you can drink green tea, black coffee, black tea if you'd like, herbal teas, <clears throat> as long as you're not having anything that's going to trigger insulin being, being released, then you can do that. And, obviously, drinking lots of water. Now, there are side effects, obviously, because what you've got to remember is that your body will be, your cells will be detoxing. So it's quite common that you would have, you would basically feel a bit irritable and grumpy. Basically, you could that could be because you're hungry. You could experience brain fog and feel very tired, very fatigued. You could also um, be upsetting a little bit about what you're eating and what you're you know what you can eat oh my god when i can eat what i'm gonna eat um you could have dizziness um and headaches um and again this goes back to making sure that you eat a decent diet a diet that has lots of fiber 
and lots of veggies in it because you could become constipated and nobody wants that and again going back to making sure that you're eating proper good nutritious food because otherwise you can get things like brittle nails and hair loss and at this time in our life that's already going on anyway so some tips again stay hydrated that's really important so as i said you can drink black tea black coffee herbal teas um, lots of water don't overeat when you do eat because you'll just feel bloated and you'll feel really uncomfortable so um, try not to overeat make the food that you do eat count super healthy so a mediterranean diet lots of good fiber veggies fruits experiment with the with the type of fasting that works for you and that's the good thing about it is is it can fit into your lifestyle and how you how, how your body reacts to it be sensible with exercise now i know this normally i i swim in the morning and i swim fasted so um and that works for me because more recently with the, the the pool's become a lot busier so i don't think i could get in the other morning so i had to swim i think it was at 20 past one so i was really unsure when to eat so i ate at the time i would normally sort of half 10 11 by the time i got into the pool and was swimming I halfway through and i could literally feel my blood sugar levels drop so that didn't work for me so you know you do need to be quite mindful of when you're eating and how that's fitting into it any exercise regime you've got and don't be a martyr when you're starting if you if it's affecting you and your ability to function and you're feeling really bad then break your fast and you might need to try a different type that works better for you keep a diary if you keep a diary of how you feel of the side effects that you've got of any benefits that you see you might look at it and go oh my god i've got all this extra energy so that's working for me um if you are diabetic you might find that you know your glucose levels start to drop so you can see those benefits but keeping the diary will help you figure out what works and what doesn't so so that's that's a really um good tip to have with anything that you do actually is to keep a diary of what of how the changes are affecting you in your mood in how you're feeling whether you feel tired um so any changes that you make, keeping a diary is a really good idea. So I hope you enjoyed that episode and found it informative. To make sure you get notified of new episodes, be sure to subscribe and follow from your favourite podcast app. If you want to contact me, you can email me on rebecca at theempoweredmenopause.com. Until next time. Thank you.